0: Good morning. The scripture reading today comes from Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. I'll be reading from the New American Standard. That's Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, No one after putting his hand to the plow. And looking back is fit for the kingdom of God.
1: I want you to think about the song that we've just sung, follow me. Listen to the lyrics that were sung, the thought being expressed. Think about the reading this morning about those who had made some statements to Jesus about following him. Any of the scriptures that we read and study and meditate upon are good. Sometimes it's good for us to spend a little more time than maybe we do. In this ninth chapter of Luke is one that we need to spend some time with. The end passage that was read this morning gives us the thought of at least three of these individuals who were asked to follow Jesus and then for them to have to reflect upon the statements that were made to them. But these last verses that were read, you need also to tie in with this ninth chapter. And it's in that reading of the ninth chapter as well as other scriptures that begin to put things into a little different perspective. One is, you need to know what preceded the statements that were being asked. And you need to look at the Life of those who had decided to follow Jesus. To remember the challenge that is given to us. Not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. To be reminded of ourselves that let him who stand take heed lest he fall. to see some of the things that were going on with those who had decided to follow Jesus before we really look at those who were having some difficulty. Jesus called the disciples together. Gave them power and authority over all the demons and to cure diseases and sent them out to preach the kingdom of God. But they had missed what was being involved and what was going through. He's been preaching for about three years, three and a half years. Jesus is headed to Jerusalem for the crucifixion of which the apostles had not understood even when they'd been taught about it and brought out in chapter 9 as well as Matthew chapter 16 and into chapter 17 as well. The misunderstanding of who Jesus is what he came to do, and what he will do. Verse seven, Herod has the problem understanding what's going on. Some were saying that John had risen from the dead. Some said that Elijah has appeared, or maybe one of the prophets of old had risen again. As you read through chapter 9, you're going to find that Elijah is going to be mentioned numerous times, about five times in this chapter. It's interesting to again reflect upon as we get into the transfiguration of Jesus of the emphasis that the Jewish people had placed upon Elijah. Elijah. the prophecy given concerning Elijah coming again, but misunderstanding what is involved. We at times do that in our lives. We misunderstand what is involved. You drop down a little bit farther. The disciples are still struggling. He's going to feed the multitude there. But they're still going to misunderstand who he is. A little bit later, there in 18. Who do the crowds say that I am? It's always interesting as you reflect upon Christianity, how it's seen how the world perceives it, and even how those that are to be Christians perceive Christianity. They've seen miracles, seen the dead raised, seen the blind made to see, the deaf to hear, seen leprosy cured, Seen multitudes fed with very little food physically available. And yet they do not understand who is in their midst. Some say he was John the Baptist. Some said Elijah. And others that one of the old prophets had been risen again. Several times in chapter nine, the same thought coming out. Who is Jesus? What makes him unique? And what sets him apart that he's not simply even though Elijah had been raised from the dead, that Elijah was still a man? Or if John the Baptist had come back to life after he had been beheaded, he was still a man. Or if one of the prophets would rise from the dead, they were still men. Not grasping him being the son of God. And we live in a world today We're grasping with the same concept. Who is Jesus? And why do you believe that he is unique? And why do you believe that he is the only way for anyone to reach the Father and to reach heaven? There are others are doing things. Why are they not being accepted as well? But then who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, Christ of God. You are the Messiah of God. You are the one God has chosen. And then he warned them not to tell anyone at the time. Verse 22, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised the third day. You need to keep verse 22 in mind. So as you get down to where the reading was this morning, It takes on a different hue. When one says, I will follow you, did he understand where Jesus was going? Did he comprehend that Jesus was going to Jerusalem to be betrayed, ridiculed, mocked, and killed? Did they understand that? And that if you want to follow him. Do you really mean that? You're willing to go to the same destination if you will. As did Jesus in Jerusalem. Be betrayed by men. To be ridiculed. To be mocked. It may even be put to death. We like the concept of his healing. We like the concept of his feeding. John would talk about that in John chapter 6. The only reason you're following me, he told the crowd, is because you're being fed. But when it comes down to eating the true food, Eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Then many of his disciples would turn and follow him no more along the way. If anyone comes after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Again, put that in perspective to the reading. I'm going to follow you. The birds of the air have nests, the foxes have dens, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Consider what took place just before that statement. He had come to a village in Samaria. And because Jesus has set His face to go to Jerusalem, that village would not receive him. And then you have the apostles, the ones handpicked by Jesus. The apostles who even down through here are discussing among themselves, which one of them is the greatest? And you have the ones who would use their mother to petition Jesus to let one sit on the left hand and one sit on the right hand of Jesus in his kingdom. Who at this point had not comprehended and at this point would take a position that was so contrary to who Jesus really is. The Samaritans would not receive Jesus. And James and John said, let's call down fire from heaven. And let's devour this village. Let's call down fire from heaven as Elijah called down fire from heaven. And they would be rebuked. The attitude, the characteristic is not right. And again, Elijah is being mentioned here. You're going to see the transfiguration mentioned here in chapter 9. And you're going to have Peter and the other apostles that were there misunderstand who this Jesus is. I'm not sure we would have understood either. To be on the mountain and to see Jesus transfigured, changed, metamorphosed a change-taking place, one that could be seen. And to hear that voice, this is my beloved son, hear him. But they've already concluded that they needed to build three tabernacles, Peter did. One to Moses, the lawgiver. One to Elijah, the great prophet. And one to Jesus. Still struggling. He had already made a confession, had he not, that Jesus is the Son of God. The Messiah. He had already been told that flesh and blood had not revealed that to him, but the Father in heaven had revealed it to Peter. You are the son of God. But Peter was willing to put him on equal status with Moses and Elijah. How many today do likewise? Moses or Jesus was a prophet, as were others that they want to acknowledge. Put him on equal status, equal plane. You can follow Jesus or you can follow one of these other prophets along the way. Doesn't matter. God says it does matter which one you choose to follow. Look at verse 51. It came to pass that when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And they wouldn't receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. Then you have the one who says, I will follow you. And the question is going to be, Will you choose to live my way? You say you want to follow Jesus. Will you choose to live his way? A way not accepted by the world. A way that's not understood by the world. A way where the world is going to condemn you, persecute you, kill you. You say you want to follow Jesus. Are you going to live by that way? Do you know what happened to him? We sing the song, Occasionally, I'll be a friend to Jesus. When he stood condemned, no one stood by his side. but I'll be a friend to Jesus. Do you understand what it means to be a friend of Jesus? Do you understand what it means to be a child of God? They have not accepted God. The world still has not accepted God. They may acknowledge that there is one out there, but they do not accept God as the one who cares for his creation and his creatures who he's created in his own image. Do we carefully understand What's being asked of us and being his child and to be willing to follow him? I will follow you, but will you change your priorities? I will follow you, but let me first go marry my father. You're asked to choose the way he lived. You're asked to choose where do you place your priorities. Discussion over what he meant by that. Discussion may be that the father was still alive and he wanted to go and attend to his father before he passed and so on and so forth. The point being he wanted to delay his following Jesus. Maybe the father had already died and they'd gone through the burial process and all that would go along with it. The point still being, he wanted to delay following Jesus. How many in the world still do that? And do we? I'll follow you. But... Let me tend to some physical needs down here first of all, and then I'll follow you. Let the dead bury the dead. If you're going to follow Jesus, you need to understand what is involved in following him. Christianity is not a part of life. Christianity is life. Jesus said, Unless you partake of my flesh, eat of my flesh, and drink of my blood, you have no part with me. Unless you are consumed by who I am. Unless your understanding following me is your breath and your life, then you're not His. How many times will we let. Little things creep in. I'll follow you. I know I need to be there as the church gathers to worship God, but this priority takes priority over God. I know I should, but... How many do that? I'll follow you, but... In other words... I want to be God. I want to choose what I want to do. I'm not listening to what God has said. To love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The willingness to give your life for him. The willingness to deny all and follow him. I want heaven, but I sure do enjoy here on earth. And while I'm here, I'm going to enjoy the things of earth. I will follow you, but it's not what he's looking for. Will you cherish me above all things? Let me go bid farewell to my family. It's interesting that Jesus had used the illustration that he who has put his hand to the plow and looking back is not fit. It's interesting in a sense because in chapter 9, Luke had referred to Elijah At least five times. And when Elijah was calling Elisha, what was Elisha doing? Plowing. With oxen. He was plowing. And Elisha asked permission to go take care of, finish up that business and he was granted that by Elijah. Do you see a difference here? There's a difference between Elisha and the Son of God. Son of God comes first. Once you made that decision to follow him, you need to follow him. Been around those who've done farming back in the days before they got the GPS on the tractors. Now they get on the tractors they plug in the GPS, and it cuts the line right down the straight line. But in the days when they had to do it visually, you picked a point, and you moved in that direction. You didn't take your eyes off where you were going. They asked by different ones at times, if I wanted to drive their tractors to help them plow, I said, "You don't want me." trying to keep my eye on that one focus and cut a straight line. It doesn't go too straight. But that's what he's saying here. He's saying, listen, Elijah served his purpose. He meant with Jesus on the mount, the transfiguration. But it was there that the point was clearly made. You listen to Jesus. Put your hand to the plow. You keep it focused. Rest assured that Satan will have the obstacles to distract along the way. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, before the joy set before him endured the shame. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the author of your salvation. And he alone is your author. There is salvation to no other. Put your hand to the plow. Do not look back. There's nothing back there in the world. Whatever is back there will only lead to destruction. And the life is not lived as it ought to be lived. Do you cherish Jesus? above all else that is upon the face of this earth do you cherish him to the degree to the point that without a moment's hesitation without a doubt in the mind that you honestly believe that you do what what we say in the song where he leads I will follow. Wherever he leads, I will follow. Does not matter where he leads, doesn't matter what's in the way in between where he's leading in heaven. If he's leading, I need to be following, and I need to be trusting. That as he leads, he's with me each step of the way. When we make that type of commitment, rest assured it's a tough one. Rest assured that the apostles wrestled with it. But as time unfolded, they made their commitment and they followed the Savior. As you look at your life this morning... Do you have that but in your life? I will follow you, but. Or will you follow him? Wherever he leads. Knowing that he leads you home. To heaven above. If your life is not where it needs to be. If there's a need to make a change in your life. If we could assist you. If we could help, help you in that decision. Indeed we bid you to come. As together we stand and sing.